Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow taxpayers and American patriots to the one and only Conservative Review podcast, your only source of truly independent conservative news and views that matters to your lives and matters to your futures. It is Wednesday in middle of the week of impeachment, and I'm sure there will be many weeks of impeachment. And we could talk all about impeachment, or we could talk about what actually does matter to civilization, what we can do about it. Today is the day where the managers of impeachment are presenting their case against Trump. But I think there is a more significant component of today, Wednesday, January 22nd. Anyone who calls himself a conservative in this country should understand the unfortunate grimness of this day and what it marks. It's the 47th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Now, really, it shouldn't be a significant anniversary because, really, Roe v. Wade is not like a piece of legislation where there's a vote. I mean, there was a seven to two vote there, but there's no vote on societal issues. That's not what a court does, as we've said so many times. As Lincoln warned in the first major ruling that dehumanized human beings, really Roe v. Wade is the legacy of Dred Scott. In 1858, the courts ruled that humans who are black are property. And to allow territories to actually vote on whether they want slavery or not would violate property rights. And Abraham Lincoln said emphatically at his inaugural address and earlier during the Lincoln-Douglas debates when he ran for Senate in the state of Illinois, well, if the policies affecting what he called the whole of the people, societal, philosophical questions, not just hey, an individual criminal civil case, but questions that a society has to determine, whether it's marriage, immigration, election law, and when does life begin? What is a life? If that's going to be permanently fixed by unelected judges, we don't have a republic. We don't have three branches of government. We have one. But yet, Rather than Lincoln's correct vision winning out, throughout that era of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it began this notion of judicial supremacism. As William Brennan said, the famous liberal judge who uh, presided in the Supreme Court in the 70s and 80s, he told his law clerks, with five votes, you could do anything around here, as if there is a vote that you could just vote, I want a marriage to be this. I want a life to be this. I want this amount of immigration. I want this type of national security policy. And that is permanently fixed unless you overturn their opinion through another court decision or amend the Constitution. What you have today and the grim commemoration that we're marking today is not just a demonstration of how we failed on this political issue 
60 million babies after 47 years, 60 million lives lost. But it demonstrates the entire, I would say facade, but really perfidy of the Republican Party as supposedly representing Americans who believe in life and really any other issue that runs amok the political elite feeling or sentiment on a given day. See, like every other issue, Republicans run on being pro-life. And all these organizations send out these fundraisers. You're going to have a March for Life on Friday, the annual March for Life. And people are going to talk about how they love babies. They love human life. We need to fight for it, elect the right people. But we lost the battle the minute we agreed to the notion of judicial supremacism. So if you are a pro-life organization and you are not battling the premise of judicial supremacism, you're not pro-life because you will never change this policy in any way with regard to 50 million other important national issues, judicial supremacism needs to be uprooted. So you're wasting our time. This is the part of the life discussion that no other show will really discuss. But this is the linchpin to the outcome. You see, once we are told that a court could determine when life begins, or more potently, a court could say a life is not a life, well, a marriage is not a marriage, a citizen is not a citizen, and a non-citizen is a citizen, a state is a federal government, and a federal power belongs to the states. You see what I mean? There's no end to it. There is nothing, as William Brennan said, five judges can't do on the Supreme Court. And really, that was kind of outdated. Now there's nothing a district judge can't do. A lot of people are pointing to the successes of some red states where you have Republicans in control of the trifecta of government, two state legislative branches, and the governorship where they're pushing pro-life legislation, let's say the Gosnell laws, um, trying to regulate the standards, the qualifications of clinics and abortion uh, providers, limiting it, at least the scope of it, the type of practices, the duration, funding for a private entity engaging in human trafficking, Planned Parenthood, and one after another, what people are forgetting, district judges threw them out. Not that they could throw them out. You could grant relief to a plaintiff. You can't set a state policy on, on governing standards. But we agree to it. So it goes nowhere. And like we've said before, if you believe we, were, we are anywhere near a five-seat majority on the Supreme Court to overturning Roe, you're living in a dreamland because you're agreeing to the premise that there's such a thing, that there is such a vote on that, like a state legislature would vote on that. You know, the issue of abortion really speaks to the foundation of who we are. What we have nowadays with mass instant communication is the advent of virtue signaling, where 
you're always in front of an audience. So if you're in politics, you always feel a need to virtue signal, as opposed to in the past where there were times where at least you thought prudently, you would pander where you had the audience. Now you're perpetually having an audience, so you perpetually pander. So everyone wants to be a good person. So they define being a good person as, oh, I, I care so much about people. I care about the poor, so it means socialism. I care about you know people, poor people throughout the world, so it means opening our borders to them, then be the consequences. I care about the downtrodden, so therefore I'm for criminal justice reform, but not for victim justice reform. Oh, I'm such a good, I'm pro-life, so I'm going to make sure cop killers don't get capital punishment, something we've had in our country, you know, since before the founding. But somehow when it comes to a human life, they have no problem with what they call the dilation and evacuation. Suction it out. Stab it. Grab out the brains. And dispose of it. And maybe uh, get Planned Parenthood to traffic the organs. If you're careful enough not to destroy them. Oh, whoops. I forgot. Indeed, they get organs. Very early on, after about two months. Heartbeat after a few weeks. After four and a half months, they're even dreaming. I'm expecting my uh, fourth child, my wife and I, and she's uh, about seven, almost seven months pregnant. That thing is, man, it's as full of a life as, as you could have. It kicks when you put on music. It, it, you know, jumps around. I say it because we always like for it to be a surprise. I don't know if it's a male or female. Um, and... It's just amazing nowadays with the technology, the 3D imaging. Even when we had our oldest son, they didn't do that at least regularly, or I don't even know if they had the technology. You can now see 3D images. They smile, they frown, they cover their face. A lot of the same mannerisms they have when they're born, um, you, could, you could see it on the sonogram. And you know, our last one, our third one, we saw the face. And... It, it looked like our second child, Joshua. I mean, it just, it looked like him straight up. And indeed he came out and looked like that. It was, it was truly amazing watching that because, uh, you know, again, we, we like for the gender to be a surprise and we looked at him and we're saying, man, that's a, that's a boy face. And indeed he was a boy. And technology has really buttressed the case for life. Back in the 70s, they were able to talk about cartilage, and everyone sees that. And yet, Republicans have done nothing with this other than fundraise off of it. I'll never forget when I heard Democrats murmuring when those videos came out exposing Planned Parenthood for trafficking baby organs that they were done with. Like Even with de Democrats in control of the Senate and the White House, Republicans just had the House then, when those videos came out, look, we're done. They're going to fight to defund this. We're not going to be able to fund Planned Parenthood. Well, it turned out that even with control of all three branches, Republicans did nothing. To this day, they are still being funded. All the Gosnell laws after it turned out, even if you're pro-abortion, just the horrific conditions in some of the clinics that needed to be addressed, one court after another, 
striking them down, including the Supreme Court in the Hellerstadt opinion. Now you might say, oh, well, that was Anthony Kennedy. We replaced him now. I'll eat my hat if Roberts sides with us. Even though he was on the dissenting side then, what I've told you is if you look at all the cases where Kennedy was on the other side, once it's decided, Roberts believes that's it. That's it. And you know what's interesting? Everyone's focusing on impeachment and the Senate trial. And it's funny watching John Roberts, Chief Justice, stand over, preside over the Senate. It's kind of unique. You see him there with his black robe. Everyone's putting out on social media the clip of him rebuking senators for being too uh, un-Senate-like and lacking uh, the proper demeanor. And I was thinking, you know what? John Roberts considers himself an umpire of America. This is the one legitimate constitutional function where he could actually be an umpire, preside over an impeachment trial. Where he is not an umpire, where none of his colleagues on the Supreme Court are umpires, where none of the lower courts are umpires, is deciding societal questions affecting the whole of the people. That needs to be left to democratically elected legislators. That is the truth of it. Whether you are a liberal or a conservative, we should all agree to that. That is the truth of it. That is the system we, we adopted. We've done many shows explaining how courts intersect with law, with valid standing in a case and a controversy, how they could issue a ruling in a case. But to determine when life begins, what is a marriage, what is not a marriage, the parameters of national security and citizenship, discovering new rights, you can't do that. And especially when they're violating their own precedent. 36 states had laws on the books banning abortion in 1868. The same year, those very states ratified the 14th Amendment from which the Supreme Court concocted this constitutional right to an abortion. And what's amazing is here we are, 10 years after Heller, which was the big gun rights decision, where it says in the Constitution, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. The most emphatic, unambiguous language ever ascribed to a right in the Bill of Rights. And all the blue states are successfully getting away with wholesale, wholesale destruction of the Second Amendment. Yet, 47 years after Roe v. Wade, not a single red state has successfully even passed anti-Gosnell laws, much less challenged the essence of the Roe Ro ruling not that they can't, but that they basically regard federal court rulings as, as just veto, veto powers that's not in the Constitution. And what do we have from there? 60 million dead babies. 60 million dead babies. <laughs> because the left demands results and they get them. We have representing us nothing but something called the Republican Party. And the Republican Party is all about 
talking points and not outcomes and results. They'll talk about Roe v. Wade for the next 150 years. Hundreds of millions of babies later. Send me more money. Send my pro-life group more money. Oh, whatever, whatever a federal judge says, by then God knows what we're doing. They're already at the point where they're, um, I wrote an article on this before, giving animals um, human rights. Well, why not? I mean, if you dehumanize human beings like the Supreme Court did in 1858 with Dred Scott, why can't you humanize a beast? That is the big lie you're not going to hear about at all these pro-life rallies. The minute you agree that the courts decide every aspect, I mean, not just the fact that life begins, I guess, after nine months, um, but even that Planned Parenthood is entitled to funding, whereas states could regulate the heck out of every innocuous aspect of healthcare, a dangerous procedure like this, you can't have basic, reasonable standards for certification. All these judges, a couple months ago, a Republican-appointed judge in Virginia, Bush-appointed judge, ruled that way. This is the big lie. Republicans had control for two years, and they could have done something on this. They held one fake vote that they knew wasn't going anywhere. And that's it. People forget. So they talk about the filibuster. That, that's always the excuse. Well, we never have 60 votes. It's funny. The Democrats just need one vote of one district judge anytime, any place, irrespective of the circumstances. We're told we need the House the White House, and 60 votes in the Senate. Oh, and then all 94 district courts need to uphold it because our side at a professional level doesn't care about outcomes. That's the reality. I'd be remiss if on a day like today I didn't bring you back to 2015. 2015, amazing time. There's something called the 1974 Home Rule Act, which basically allows, it gave the D.C. municipality government, this is the local D.C. government, some degree of autonomy, but Congress had the ability to nullify anything they passed because they're officially a federal entity within 90 days of its passage. It's a privileged motion in the Senate, and it's not subject to the filibuster. Senator Cruz introduced that resolution of disapproval Leadership never even gave it a committee hearing, much less a committee markup, much less a floor vote. They could have nullified it with just control of, of Congress without a filibuster. That was a perfect opportunity. They never did it. This is the big sham. I'm pro-life. Look at me. Look at me. I'm pro-life. It's all about getting votes. And, and let, let's be honest for a minute. Let's just be honest. The only reason why even rhetorically Republicans are still pro-life on paper 
is just because of the technology and because who doesn't love babies, they get to seamlessly do the right thing, but also package it with virtue signaling. They don't have to do the tough work of explaining, of punching through the virtue signaling, like with immigration and crime. No, you're harming people with this. This is not compassionate, right? To think more like a, like a thinking person. This is very easy. Who doesn't love babies? So they'll, they'll hold the line on that rhetorically. No outcomes. But that's, that's what it is, because if you look now, the other big issue aside for life that was universal on paper was guns. Every Republican became pro-gun. Pro that's changing now, because the left has successfully virtue signaled the, the shootings. Our side never pushed back with Parkland, how that was all about jailbreak and the promise program, the federal government using a carrot and stick approach with states to ensure that they don't punish and expel and identify dangerous kids like that Cruz kid where there were over 50 contacts to the local sheriff's office and, and the FBI about him. The real story. I'm going to try to get Andrew Pollock on my show, the father of one of the Parkland victims. He has a book out on this. He's, uh, he was appointed by Ron DeSantis to a governmental position there in Florida. Um, he makes great points on this. But now you have Republicans in the state in the state Senate, the same Republicans, by the way, pushing jailbreak, pushing weak on crime laws, the same Republicans there blocking Ron DeSantis on uh, mandatory verify. They passed sweeping gun control legislation out of, uh, I guess, the Senate Judiciary Committee last week. That's where this party is going. We're putting it all into an empty vessel. But the idea, the idea that someone could just go, you, know, you get a judge and say, I think life begins here. As, as Lincoln said to Douglas during the sixth debate when they were talking about a court deciding that black human beings aren't human beings, he said, Judge Douglas understands the Constitution according to the Dred Scott decision. And he is bound to support it as he understands it. I understand it another way. And therefore, I am bound to support it in the way which I understand it. You see, the left believes in the morality or they speak to the morality of their immorality. When they say something is immoral, it's wrong. It's wrong to have immigration laws. They're like, come on, there's no way the Democrats are going to do this. I mean, we've always had immigration laws. Every country does. They're not. No. They come, they see, they conquer. They don't fundraise about it. They don't talk about it. They act. Every state where they have control, certainly deep blue states, boom, shred it, gone. They're, they're not even turning over repeat murderers and rapists of other countries to ICE. They say we're going to ban plastic straws. All right, fine, that's cute. In your left-wing organizations, you give some red meat to your base. Of course, they can't eat red meat because they're all vegans, but, you know, fine. But they're not going to actually do it. No, everywhere they took over, where I'm from in, in Baltimore, crime is not banned. Gun felons aren't banned. MS-13's not banned. But plastic straws are banned. Plastic bags are banned. We're going to get rid of the Electoral College. 
come on. Okay, that's a great talking point. You're not going to actually do it, right? They take over, and and not just in the deep, deep blue states, but even the states that they kind of, that were red, then they turned them purple, now they're more blue, but there still are large swaths of conservative areas where theoretically you could still risk losing like Colorado and Virginia, where there's, you know, it's not like Maryland and, and California, New York. No, the minute they get control of the trifecta, like we saw, like we're seeing this week in Virginia, they go full bore. And with the Electoral College, they, some of these states are like, yeah, we're not doing that. They are about actual results, whereas with Republicans, oh, they can't, what are they supposed to do? Even when we have all three branches, they can't even just not fund Planned Parenthood after the videos came out exposing them. Not even talking about ending abortion. They won't act on it. Democrats believe this is immoral. They say everything that is immoral and unconstitutional, they believe is moral and constitutional. Everything that's moral and constitutional, they believe is immoral and unconstitutional. So they believe immigration laws are immoral and unconstitutional. So they're like, dude, we're not, they don't just say it as a talking point. Hey, look at me, let me get on conservative media or their perspective, liberal media, and let me fundraise and have a viral moment. I mean, they might do that too, but they're looking for results. They're looking for outcomes. They're looking for 60 million dead babies with Roe v. Wade, and they got it, and they kept it. Our side wants viral moments, clicks on the website, fundraising, and elect me so I could be elected as an end to itself, not to actually fulfill anything. That's what it's all about. That's the name of the game. So that's why there's all these excuses, nothing they can do. Oh, what do you want from me? And look, Trump at least has some good people in the administration pushing some good policies that were, that were making progress on while continuing some other bad policies. But imagine if you would have had the same Republican Party with a typical Republican president, you'd really get nothing. And go backwards even more. It's the same thing. But again, even with Trump, with the Republican Party not changing one iota, which it did not, you're not going to get anything. But that's the idea of Abraham Lincoln. If you believe and you know that you have the Constitution and morality on your side, you have a responsibility to act, not just to talk about it. And that's what he did. The court said blacks are chattel. So to even conduct a referendum on slavery in the territories would be a violation of due process, which, by the way, that has its Roe v. Wade has its moorings in the Dred Scott ruling. The substantive due process business to to privacy and property rights, it's the same thing, these BS rights. So guess what? Lincoln was like, OK, you see Douglas want to act on that. Fine, but if I'm elected to the Senate, that was during his debate in 1858 and eventually ran for president, I'm going to act in accordance with what I believe is the right law and the right thing to do because we all take swear an oath to the Constitution. On August 21st, 1858, in Ottawa, Illinois, 
in front of a massive crowd, tens of thousands of people turned out there. He started chanting, thus says the Lord, to illustrate the absurdity of judicial supremacism and mocking the notion that any immoral and illegal court ruling is God's word, according to Douglas. And that's why he always referred to him as judge instead of senator. He was a senator, but he was previously in his past life a state judge. He kept referring to him as judge to, to rib him with that. And, he, and his point was, you could issue a ruling to a plaintiff there, but broad questions are mainly determined by the other two branches of government. And that's why when he became president, he actually, he did the emancipation. A court said their property, and he went and did the emancipation. He issued, he issued them citizenship documents when Roger Taney said they can't become citizens. He issued them passports. He had his attorney general issue them. It's the same thing here. A judge wants to give standing and usually there's no standing it's a random like aclu planned parenthood organization says i you can't require these conditions on a abortion provider or clinic okay but you don't regulate that you're not in charge of that it's not struck down there's no veto you judge a case there's no veto power given in that constitution the law is still on the books and we need to treat it that way. And every opportunity we have, we enforce it. They go back to court and we fight. We fight it out. We fight it out. That's what it means to have three branches of government. Not just one. How is it that 162 years after Dred Scott, 46 years after Roe, 47 years now, five years after Obergefell, We've never flinched from this erroneous view that anything an unelected judge does is the law of the land. You know, Lincoln warned. He warned that Douglas, when he was implanting this idea of judicial supremacism, was preparing the national psyche to accept the next iteration, the next iteration of whatever a court says that's unjust, illegal, and immoral as the absolute word of God. Well, I mean, Roe v. Wade was certainly one of many and not the most prominent. And yet there's this scam. See, Republicans don't want to actually do, do anything on any issue, but there's a big constituency for life, and it's a very powerful issue. So what they do is they say, no, 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 we'll, we'll get judges to overturn it. It's the perfect scam because they, they wash their hands of it. So they say the very organ of government that created it will solve it. I'm here to tell you, I will personally eat my hat on air if we ever have a majority on the Supreme Court overturning Roe and Casey. If you really think that you're not paying attention to the nature of the courts and Republican appointees, there's only one guaranteed vote. Maybe there's, there's another, there's only one guaranteed vote, and that's Clarence Thomas. Beyond that, 
There's quite literally nothing. Quite literally nothing. But that's the thing. Helplessness is a weapon of empowerment for the Republican Party. Because it allows them to continue this scam of forcing you to vote for them without any accountability. It's the perfect thing. Well, we need all three branches. Okay, get all three branches. Well, we don't have 60 votes in the Senate. Well, um, this district judge said that, see, there's always going to be an excuse. When you're a liberal and you believe in something, you find a way to take an unpopular issue, like sanctuary cities, and you'll fight for it. When you're a Republican, on the other hand, you'll take an easily, easily articulated popular issue, and you have all the power you want to fight for it, and you'll turn it into a losing issue, and you won't fight for it. That's the big lie. It's going on. God, guns, and babies. That used to be the whole thing of the Republican Party. Let's face it. They never fought big government, and they were never going to do that. I'm not absolving them of that. I'm just saying, like, that was pretty obvious. But God, guns, and babies. Okay, every, you know, all these big pork barrel Republicans from rural areas that get elected, big government is anything, but like, okay, God, guns, and babies, we're going to hold the line on. In name only. In name only. It's all about that. It's, it's a complete and utter joke. It's a complete joke. It doesn't have to be that way. And, and by the way, you know, everyone has their big issue, whether it's life, whether it's values and religious conscience, whether it's immigration, whether it's election law. Um, you know, they're throwing out every photo ID law. You're not allowed to ask photo ID. You're not allowed to have photo ID to vote. How does a court decide that? Whatever your issue is, and, and that's what I'm telling you, if your issue is life, by not pushing back against judicial supremacy on these photo ID cases, on the immigration cases, you are weakening any ability to ever solve the, 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 the issue. Ultimately, what needs to happen, and it's very achievable, is that we're a divided country, and the people need to decide this. And the way that people decide it means, here's the, here's the little secret. If, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, which there's no law, like it's a joke, there's no law. If anything, the statutes of the states are still on the books. They were never overturned. Maybe some of them mechanically repealed them, but I don't, I don't think so. They're still there. There's a grant of relief to a plaintiff. There's a judgment for a plaintiff. That's all there is. States, including Republicans, have rolled over and decided to apply it to everyone. Again, if you want to look for guidance on how to respond to Roe, I'll point to the blue states on how they respond to Heller. They beat around 90% of it, the core 10%. You're allowed to own some sort of gun under some sort of circumstance locked away in a safe in your home. But anything else is fair game. Now, you might say some states are finally starting to do that. But if you're going to say any district judge could just screw with that, there's no point, and that's what they've done. But what would ultimately happen is nothing. It would go to the states. And, you know, while I wish we didn't have it at all, we could do only what we could do in this type of country, and it's better than having it in all 50 states. 
And, um, you know, California, New York, and all these states will have it on demand, but it's no worse than it is now. The southern states, Great Plains, will have it mainly restricted. States in between will go back and forth. And, and here's the beauty. Even in those states, it's not permanently fixed. You could throw them out the next year and you could go back and forth and you compromise and you debate and you discover new technology, new arguments. That's what a republic is. You have one archaic ruling one time divorced from not just all the laws in the Constitution, but previous precedent from the courts itself. And that's suddenly it. There's nothing more you can do. Nothing you can talk about. But that's the lie all these phony pro-life organizations and Republicans are feeding. That yes, it is fixed, it's true, but vote for us and we'll get judges to repeal Roe v. Wade. It is all built on a lie. And again, this sheds light on other issues, like with guns now. In a state like Florida, where Republicans have solid majorities, there's no excuses. They can't even I was going to say can't even get pro-gun legislation. That's gone. They can't even not pass bad gun control legislation and pass, you know, immigration enforcement. A couple years ago, under Governor Mary Fallon in Oklahoma, Republicans had, I forget, like, it was a super majority. It was something like 80% in both houses. There was something, they might have picked up a couple of seats now because Republicans just collapsed everywhere. But um, I think at the time, Democrats had maybe six seats in the Oklahoma Senate or something, they couldn't get pro-life legislation passed in the state of Oklahoma. This is where we're at. This is a foundational show I wanted to give over to you, but it's true of every issue, and that's what we do. Yesterday's show, go back and listen. Episode 563, we had Todd Benzman on. First-hand interviews with Central American migrants. The stuff he said, real reporting that no one else is talking about that sheds so much light on an issue, issue of national, international importance, security, sovereignty, civil society, everything, everything that really affects our communities. Who are these people? What's motivating them? What loopholes do they use? What incentivizes them? He had that all. I could discuss the impeachment trial, but no one even... How many people outside of the Beltway types are even following it or understand the rules and they're fighting over the rules? Just dismiss it. Focus on these type of issues. That's how you win elections. But that's the thing. Doing the right thing doesn't always get you the most viewers and the most clicks. It's kind of like a click becomes a click with a QU not with a uh, CK, <laughs> and uh, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that the news just becomes about things that don't affect us and we can't, we can't do anything with. I mean, there's one thing if they had a specific allegation with an eyewitness and Democrats had control of the Senate and they came close to majority, but everyone knows they don't have, Democrats don't even have a majority, much, much less 67 votes. The House didn't, even if you agree that Trump might have done an impeachable, committed an impeachable offense, and even if you're a liberal, the House did not do its homework 
there was never a firsthand witness. Um, even if you believe what is alleged is an impeachable offense, and, and that's a whole nother thing. I still think is the my my favorite observation on impeachment that this whole thing is over impeaching a president over not giving foreign aid to a dubious country like Ukraine. I mean, I think that's the craziest thing around. Imagine telling the founders, all right, you know, they, they knew impeachment would be a big deal and it'd be very contentious, but there will come a time when there will be impeachment over um, the president withholding funds to Ukraine. <laughs> it, it's just dumb. I mean, Republicans aren't going to score points by robustly defending the president on it the same way Democrats aren't going to score points pushing it. Just dismiss it. That's where we are. That's where we are, folks. But anyway, today is another day to ascertain what is it we are seeking to accomplish? What results are we getting? And January 22nd, 2020, 47 years after Roe v. Wade, should give us all 60 million more reasons to press on and demand better of Republicans or demand a new party and a new movement. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. Subscribe to our CR YouTube page. Like our videos. Send these shows to everyone. You're not going to see this stuff elsewhere because the truth is power. Knowledge is power. And you will get them both here at the Conservative Review every day of the week. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Thank you.